Welcome to the Playing Injured Podcast, where we have conversations to help people turn their adversity into their advantage. Welcome to another episode of Playing Injured. Uh, I'm pumped for this episode. I think it'll be kind of jam-packed with value, um, some practical advice, but also to some life advice. Uh, We have Daniel Blue. Uh, He is a Forbes financial contributor, uh, owner of Quest Education, and he's also the host of the How Winners Win podcast. I got a chance to uh, check out a few episodes. And so uh, when you have time, we'd love for you guys to check that out. Uh, But in the meantime, Daniel, how you doing today? Gosh, I'm doing great, man. I'm looking forward to this episode. I uh, wish I could say I was uh, a professional or even semi-pro athlete, but I played sports back in the day, and uh, sports teaches you a lot about life and business, doesn't it? Yeah, without a doubt. Without a doubt. I know it's, it's taught me pretty much everything in my life, uh, even from from communicating with people and, and kind of putting yourself out there and uh, being willing to fail. So with that being said, obviously, uh, you're an entrepreneur today. Would love for you to kind of share who you are today and, and kind of how you spend your time today over at, uh, at Quest Education and, and being the host of, a, of a, a great podcast. Yeah, thank you, man. Thank you. Appreciate the intro. Uh, so I own a company that helps people access money in their retirement accounts, penalty and tax-free. We help people make money tax-free with their retirement accounts and really cater towards entrepreneurs. And uh, I've got a firm out here in Las Vegas, uh, run a small company with about 14 employees. And everything that we do is, is over the phone. We've got clients in, in all 50 states. And, uh, and we were talking about this before we hit the record. It's, uh, it's a matter of, you know, when you jump into a high-performance job, maybe you're working a, you know, 50-hour-a-week job and, and you're doing very well for yourself, but there's a lot of pressure. Or you're an entrepreneur. We know pressure comes with that all day long. You know, it's a, the act of being able to be self-aware with, hey, you got your, your business that you got to take care of. Maybe you got a family. Maybe you got a girl, boyfriend, husband, relationship. Maybe you got kids, you know, and then you got your health, right? And, uh, you know, I know you mentioned a lot of your audience are athletes, current athletes, former athletes. I'm sure a big part of your audience, you know, really is in the gym and spends time, you know, working on, on their their physique, their body. Yeah. And uh, it's not easy doing all that, right? Like, I make it a point to get up at about 4.30 every morning. Because uh, I know I've got a 20 minute commute to the gym, and uh, you know I'm just very strategic with my time. Like I use that time to listen to audiobooks or podcasts. Uh, I know when I get in the gym, I have my routine, and then uh, when I get done lifting weights, and I hit the sauna, I do some laps in the pool, jacuzzi. That's my time, you know. And then I come back home, and then uh, you know be able to hang out with the dog, the kid, you know, hang out with the wife a little bit, and then come in the office and, and start jamming. So. Um, you know, I'm sure a lot of the listeners here have a, a morning routine and I strongly recommend that, like find yeah. your, your morning routine, because as soon as I get off my morning routine, I'm a little off. Like I just got yeah. back from Salt Lake city, uh, over the last three days. And that was rough because I got thrown off my routine, you know? Yeah. Yeah. Uh, I, also, uh, I've always heard great things about Salt Lake city need to go out and visit. But, um, with that being said, kind of how you spend your day is very intentional. Um, and, and it's, it's, obviously it's built for success, but, uh, going through your Instagram and me and you kind of chat about this before we hit record, you, you had a post, it was called, it said, it's not about work-life balance. It's about work-life present. Right. 
So we'd love for you to kind of share your mindset around that and, and being an entrepreneur, being a high achiever. And if you want to create a, a life with high impact or a great life, obviously it's some things you're going to have to miss out on. So kind of would love to hear how you, uh, you know, how you dissect that. Yeah. So that post was inspired by Tim Grover. So, yeah. I mean, if you're an athlete, current athlete, former athlete, you like sports and you know who Michael Jordan is, right? You know who Kobe Bryant is. I'm a, I'm a big Miami Heat fan. So, you know, you know who Dwayne, Dwayne Wade is if you're a yep. Miami Heat fan. Yep. And what all three of those dudes have in common is uh, Tim Grover was their trainer, right? Mm-hmm. And Tim Grover was the dude that helped Michael Jordan bulk up to get past the bad boys, Pistons, right? So if you guys haven't read his books, um, highly recommend it. But in his new book, Winning, talks about how just balance is just bullshit. How the analogy he used is he's like, okay, if you take a scale and it's balanced, what number shows up on that scale? It's like zero. Zero. He's like, yeah. you, you want to have zero in your life? It's like, that's what I thought. You know, he's just like anyone chasing something great or some, someone that is, you know, above average, they just don't have a balanced life. It's just not possible. And, um, you know, it's so true because I don't spend, I spend way more time in, 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 in the grind in, in the business than I do with my 12 year old daughter. Like that's just facts. Yeah. Um, however, the time I do spend with my daughter, my wife is super intentional. It's, it's on a calendar. It's, it's, um, very strategic. And I make sure during that time, like I'm present. And I think that's what I know I've been caught up in it before where, you know, I come home and I'm still on my phone. Right. And I'm supposed to be hanging out with my family. So it's like, okay, well, what's the point of doing that? Right. Like I'm not present. And so many people get caught up in worrying about tomorrow and beating themselves up over yesterday when it's like, dude, worry about what you can control, worry about now, today, what you have the ability to control and, and you being present. So um, that's just something that, that I've struggled with before. And, uh, you know, I'm trying to find more uh, self-awareness now to, to just really be at peace at this. Yeah, 100%. I think a lot of, and I think a lot of entrepreneurs and, and people who are trying to create greatness in their life and, and excellence in their life, they do struggle with that, that work-life balance or uh, spending a lot of time with family. And like you said, being more present, it's not necessarily about the the quantity of time you spend, but the actual quality time that you spend with the family. And so um, I love that. So finances, right? You, you've, 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 you've kind of built expertise in, in the financial realm. Um, and I know a lot of people, especially in their young 20s, um, young adults, they struggle with that financial literacy. So we'd love to kind of share what, what kind of holds people back as, as, fi- as far as finances go and what are some of the basics they can they can start to do to learn a little bit more about their financial life? Yeah, I think it, it comes back to school, right? In, yeah. in school, they never taught me about credit or setting up an LLC or um, investing in stocks. I got lucky. I remember in fourth grade, one of my favorite teachers, and you guys all can relate to this. There's that one teacher that you love, right? Like that one yeah. teacher that you'll always remember her name or his name because they just brought so much value and they impacted you. For me, it was Miss Gathright. She was in fourth grade. And I still remember this. One of our assignments was to pull the paper out. And the it was a business section. And, and it listed all the stocks. And one of our assignments were to pick three stocks that we liked and just follow that stock and see what happens. And I remember one of the companies I picked was Nike. And I just remember learning like, okay, that's what the share price is. And then I got to just follow it along. Like, okay, it lost money today. Like, why? Okay, it made money tomorrow. Cool. So like that kind of stuff is, isn't talked about. I know that was a, a rare instance. I never, ever got exposed to finance again, you know, during elementary, middle or high school. Right. So 
it starts with our school. Um, everyone can agree that there's things that they teach us in school that are dumb. And there's some things that they should teach us that they, you know, need to like mortgages, interest rates, retirement accounts, all that stuff. So, you know, I always, if I were to go back and talk to an 18 year old me and I was, you know, you and I were having this conversation off air, you know, I was 18 years old. My whole goal was to make a hundred grand. And as soon as as I can make a hundred K, I was like, I made it mama. Like I'm rich. Like I got it. And obviously we know that's being naive, right? I made a hundred grand a year and uh, I started spending money in a stupid way, you know, bought a Range Rover, bought a house, just like an idiot. So it just comes down to when you're young, you want to impress people. And that's a really bad road to go down because ultimately you're trying to impress people that don't even really care about you. And you probably don't even really care about them. So why are you trying to impress them again? And um, so going back to that point, that to me is the fundamental aspect when you're young, even middle-aged, even a little older, I'm 32 years old. It's like, okay, I want to spend way less than what I make, right? If I can live within my means and, and, and spend way less than what I make, then what do I do with the other money? Maybe start a business, start a high side hustle, invest in your personal brand, you know, invest into crypto, invest into stocks, invest into real estate, right? Like how can you live below your means? And if you can do that over a period of time, month after month, year after year, I mean, you're going to get results. It's, it's just natural. So, you know, I think that's the premise of it all is starting from the basic foundation structure there. And then it's adding layers, right? It's learning about your credit score and how you can use your credit to, um, you know, actually build wealth and why you should set up an LLC when you start a business um, and, you know, how you can take more control over your retirement accounts. Like there's all those cool strategies and topics that can be talked about. But if you're an idiot and spending way more money than what you make, then those other things don't even matter. Right. Right. So why do you think people do that? Obviously trying to impress people. What, what, and you, you, you might not be able to answer this, but you probably will from your experience. What do you think can help people get past that wanting to impress people, wanting to kind of look good for others instead of just, you know, doing what's best for their future? To me, it's, it's, uh, I might get some of the science terminology wrong, but what's that, uh, like is dopamine, right? Yeah. Like when you, when you make a post on, on social media and, it gets a bunch of engagement. Like there's some things that chemically go off in your brain that make you feel good. Right. Um, when you spend money and you buy something nice, um, I live in Vegas, you know, when I moved here and I was 21, 22, I was in the club spending yeah. money, right? Like yeah. a bottle in, in the club is like a thousand dollars. Yeah. So like <laughs> it gave me a high, right. Yeah. Like just spending that money and feeling like I'm all cool. Right. Like that, yeah. that, that's how I sell. And I know that's somehow how that's just how humans are wired, right? When we spend money like that, you know, get the new Yeezys, right? Like you just get that dopamine kick. So if you can, it just comes down to discipline, right? Like if you can just be disciplined and set aside that instant gratification and be okay with delayed results, like, okay, you're an athlete right now, or you were a former athlete. That means you probably have a pretty good you know, pretty look good looking body in the sense, like you got muscle, you can bench a lot, you can squat a lot. Like you ain't no joke. You didn't get that body overnight, right? Like that took discipline and that same discipline has to be tied to the financial space. And it's just not, especially with social media, right? You're scrolling on social media and you're seeing everyone fall out, travel, spend money, experiences. You, You get that FOMO, fear of missing out. 
that's where discipline kicks in. Yeah, 100%. I even tell people, man, don't stop scrolling so much because just naturally you're going to get influenced by that. We're only human. And uh, man, that's great. I love that. I love that. So take us kind of back to uh, your your childhood. Um, Obviously, you're successful now, but, you know, obviously you had to go through some 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 hardships, some mistakes. Kind of take us uh, back to uh, the teenage version of you or kind of that adolescent version of you. Yeah, I had a normal childhood growing up. Mom, dad lived in a cul-de-sac, kind of right down the middle of the road. Um, we weren't poor, but we weren't wealthy. We weren't rich. Mm-hmm. Um, but things really dramatically changed when I was 12. My parents got divorced. My, my dad moved to Mexico, and uh, he was he was out of my life, and it was just me and my mom. And uh, now we're just single income, living in California, pretty expensive. And now I have a lot more time on my hands because my mom is working all day, and I don't yeah. have a lot of supervision. So. And I started smoking weed. I started dropping out of school, not going to school. And um, I was getting really close to failing and not going to graduate. And my mom actually moved me to St. George, Utah. I was living in California at the time. And wow. we knew one person in that city. And uh, she asked that one person, hey, can my son live with you? Uh, I, I need him to finish high school. Can he live in your house and go to school? And, and thankfully, she was like, yeah, he, he can stay with us. So I, I, I stayed with a, you know, a family friend and uh, ended up finishing high school. Um, society told me to go to college. So I signed up for college. Um, I lasted three months cause I was just like, man, I don't know what I mean, what I'm even going to college for other than society told me. So, um, I ended up dropping out of college and I got into sales and, uh, was able to have a, a successful career selling real estate coaching. And, um, this is the time I was telling you earlier, I made hundred grand my first year, 18 years old. Well, I'm making dumb decision after dumb decision, which included, I got addicted to Oxycontin. Uh, so 18 years old, you know, I'm making good money, driving a Range Rover, and I'm spending you know, $100 a day on pills. Oxycontin back then was really expensive. Right. And um, next thing I know, I get a girl pregnant. I'm 18. And uh, wasn't anything serious. It's just I made another bad choice. So now I have a baby on the way. And I'm just like, man, what the hell? Yeah. Um, so I'm 19 now. I have a baby. I'm still using drugs. And uh, I start just going downhill. This is when 08, 09 happened, the crash, you know, the economy took a shit. And um, I remember my daughter was six months old. It was Thanksgiving. And my family was at the house cooking turkey. And I was on the road trying to score pills. I was hitting up all the drug dealers. No one was answering. And um, I start withdrawing because when you don't get that pill, essentially yeah. Oxycontin is like heroin on a pill. When you don't get that fix, you start sweating. Um, pretty much you feel like you have the flu. And I just remember sitting in my car, could not get, get high that day. And I'm just like, man, like, is this what I'm doing with my life? My family's at home cooking dinner, Thanksgiving, and I'm over here like a loser. Like, is this the kind of person I want my daughter to see as her dad? Right. So I made a decision that day. I was like, man, enough's enough. Like, I tried to get clean from drugs a lot. Never happened. I said, you know what? I just need to move. So I ended up uh, moving to Las Vegas, got a new phone number, new set of friends, and uh, completely changed my environment. And uh, when I tell the story, people laugh. They're just like, you moved to, from Utah to Vegas to get clean. <laughs> and uh, yeah, man, I, I've been clean since uh, November 2009. Uh, been clean from pills and been in Vegas since and haven't looked back. Man, congrats. I love that. So w- did you start Did you start using because of sales, like you wanted to get results and people yeah. around you were using. So yeah, yeah. being in the sales world, I, I started my career in the sales world and I just know people do kind of anything to, to get that to win. You know what I'm saying? 
it's, it's similar to sports. You, you do anything kind of to win or kind of to just get that that uh, that high, right? Or to keep yeah. It was that kind of how it was for you? Yeah, that was a, yeah. Some people when they get addicted when I because you look at the opiate world, oxycotton, Percocet, Loratab, Roxy. Now it's fentanyl, right? You look at this space. It's one of two things happened for this person to get addicted. Either one, they got hurt, so they were actually prescribed the medication, and then that person ended up just abusing the medication, abusing the pills, and they got right. addicted. The, the doctor got them addicted, right? Two, you just get it off the street. And uh, I just did it to fit in, man. Like, you know, my, my bosses, my team leaders, they were all doing it. I mean, like you said, like they're making stupid money and they would do drugs to just keep them going, keep them performing at a high level. And I just got addicted to, you know, that chase and, uh, you know, Oxycontin was thrown in front of me and I never looked back for that two year period of time. Yeah. So it, you hear a lot about influence, right? Especially impressionable young kid making a lot of money. You hear about influence and how kind of your, your, your environment influenced you. And so the first thing you did to, to kind of get clean or uh, to kind of build a new life in a way you, you got out of that environment. Talk about that a little bit. Like what, what made, first of all, what made you do that? What made you realize like just willpower wasn't going to be enough. I had to get out and get a whole new environment and a new set of friends. Yeah. I, I think everyone has to have a certain moment in their life that hits them like a ton of bricks, like that, that, that feeling where like you almost like have a pit in your stomach and you're losing your breath and you're just like freaking out. Um, for me, that moment was having a daughter six months old and I'm a drug addict. Mm-hmm. That was my moment. And maybe that's not your moment. Maybe it's another moment. And you have to use that moment in your life to, to, to make a choice. Right. And that choice is either you're going to keep doing what you've been doing and keep getting the same results, or you have to do something completely out of your comfort zone. Um, looking back, one thing that really would have helped me is just having standards. Um, I didn't mm. get standards and core values um, until later in life. Had I had those ingrained, then I would have had a foundation to go off of. Wow. Because I did not have them, then I allowed my environment to completely change me, both for the better and the worse, right? The worst being I'm 18. I don't have standards. I don't know who I am, what I stand for. I don't have core values. So I'm just going to be a idiot that's just completely going to be influenced by other people, whether it's good or bad. And it happened to be bad. And, and that's why I ended up living the life I lived during those years. And then I knew if I was going to change I was just not at a point where I was confident in who I was and what I stood for that I needed to have a new environment shape me, which was mm-hmm. Las Vegas. But luckily I was able to mature enough having a kid. Now I'm 20, now I'm 21. I was able to be in a better spot where even living in Sin City, I, I was able to have enough discipline to know like, man, I'm, I'm over drugs. Like that's not for me. Right. That's, that's still, it is. It is crazy to go from, from one place to, to Vegas to, to get yeah. clean. That's it's crazy. But it happened to be the place where where you kind of uh, turned everything around. So, how'd you go from and from from that to actually building your own company and and that success of uh, kind of just being willing to, to put your neck out there and not being afraid to fail and just start something on your own? Yeah. So, you know, when I moved to Vegas, I still was doing sales. Um, you know, I was still doing pretty well for myself and, and moving up with the company. And I did that until about 2014. 
Mm-hmm. And then in 2014, I wanted to make a change. I, I was tired of the, the real estate sales coaching yeah. industry. I wanted to do something that was more fulfilling. And I've always loved the financial space. I mean, I brought up the story being fourth grade, picking Nike stock, like that, that stuff intrigued me. Um, so in 2014, I ended up leaving a company where I was making six figures and I was towards the top of the food chain. I was an executive there to, I went and worked for a brand new company in a brand new industry, which was in the self-directed retirement account arena. So completely two different industries, but I was able to take my sales experience and start from the bottom, right? I think people can probably relate to this. Like when you leave a company and you go somewhere else, in a perfect world, you just go from being a top dog closer, running teams, mm-hmm. running a company to you're going to do the same thing over here. That's not the case all the time, man. Like you yeah. have to prove your worth. You got to start from the bottom. So I started from the bottom in 2014, cold calling, setting appointments. Then I started closing. I started running a sales team. Then I started running the sales floor. You know, then I kept moving up within the company. I did that for a number of years. I was able to make the right connections. I was able to save enough money. I was able to actually do things the right way this time compared to, you know, when I was 18, 19, 20, when I didn't save money, I didn't work on my credit. So because of those past experiences, you know, now I'm 23, 24, 25 years old, just saving money, working on my credit. And then uh, when I was 28 years old, I was able to make the pivot and I was able to, you know, maxed out, maxed out the credit cards put a bunch of cash into the business and uh, you know, we're, we're three years in it. Um, by no means do we have it figured out. I look at businesses as kids, as, as, as adults, humans, right? Like a business that's a year old is a newborn, right? It's a brand new baby. It can barely send for itself. Right. So right. my business right now is a three-year-old toddler. Like it's walking, you know, it, it, it's getting there, but it, it's not uh, a 17, 18 year old, you know, almost adult. Right. right. So, you know, don't, don't be discouraged if you're not seeing a whole lot of results with your business. Um, because at the end of the day, it's like, you got to be doing this a long time. Like, this stuff does not happen overnight. People right. love to see the end result on Instagram and they think it's going to be easy, but you know, business it, it's just like sports. Like you're in the trenches, you got to practice on the basics. You got to put in the work every day and it takes years to, to be yeah. successful. Yeah. And I, I always, I always, this, this quote always kind of rings in my head when I hear that it's always, Hey, a lot of people overestimate what they can do in one year, but they underestimate what they can do in, in a decade. So, um, yeah. man, if you keep the same habits every day, they compound over time and yep. a decade exactly. later, you'll, you'll look up and you'll, you'll be super proud of where you are. So yep. I love that. I love that real quick, kind of in, in your story, what, and you had to start from the bottom again, what made it not fulfilling anymore? You were, you were making six figures. That was the dream for you, right? That's yep. kind of everybody, the American standard for a young adult is six figures, right? And, um, and in my case, being able to reach six figures, you just realized that it wasn't that big of a deal. It's not as great as what you thought it was. It's not as much uh, uh, money as you thought it was, or you, you don't feel like you're on top. Talk about that a little bit, how you felt what was not fulfilling for you anymore? Yeah. I mean, I've always wanted ownership. I've always yeah. wanted to have equity. I've always wanted to be in that type of position. And where I was at that point in time, I knew that that wasn't a company or a space that I wanted ownership in. It just wasn't, it just wasn't, you know, um, when you work at a company for the first year or two, you look at your knowledge and how that company operates and its potential and the space it's in, and you have one viewpoint, but then when you've been there for five, six, seven years, 
have a completely different viewpoint. And after I've been there long enough, I just realized like, this is not me. Like, I don't want to just be an employee making six figures. I could do that forever. However, I, I want something more. So I went from making hundred grand a year plus to 40 grand the next year when I went and worked for a different industry. And I was okay taking that step back because I just knew that the opportunity was much greater because now I'm in a space that I have a better understanding of and I want to be a part of the financial space. Yeah. 100%. 100%. Well, man, I, I love your story from and, and all the things that you've overcame. Um, would love to hear where can people find you? Obviously, I know you help clients um, all over the country and would love to hear, hey, how can people get in touch with you? Um, how can uh, they get involved with uh, you helping them with their finances and even just get in touch with you for a conversation? Yeah, for sure. How winners win is, uh, I, I'm, I'm guessing that a lot of the people listening right now could, could relate to it in the sense, you know, uh, it's myself, my co-host, Keita Spears. He's been one of my top employees for a number of years. And we just talk about the ingredients to be successful with your personal and your business life. We sprinkle in some financial literacy, but we talk about entrepreneurship, personal development, you know, just, just help people win. Right. And yeah. uh, so that's a, a great place to start for people that are into podcasts or on uh, Apple and Spotify, all the platforms there. Um, but the best resource would be DanielBlue.me. Uh, so that's DanielBlue.me. That's got the links to on my podcast. Uh, my social media links, um, the link to my web, my company's website, Quest Education, um, on DanielBlue.me as well. It's got uh, our financial literacy course that I put together that talks about you know, how to make money tax-free um, and some other financial literacy topics. Um, and uh, it's got some content on the website as well that uh, can provide some value. And uh, you know, you mentioned Instagram earlier. I'm, I'm pretty active on Instagram and Facebook, yeah. so. I, I do my best to, uh, you know, entertain, inspire, and uh, provide some value in the uh, entrepreneurship, personal development, sprinkle in some financial literacy. Because yeah. finances can be boring, but they're they're necessary. You know, we all need to learn about them. Yeah, they, they're boring, but I think a lot of people hate talking about them because it's uncomfortable, yeah. right? And I, mm -hmm. I think a lot of people don't have those resources in their life. I know yeah. for me, once I got somebody to talk to about finances, it totally changed the yeah. way. I feel and yeah. kind of opening myself up. So, yeah. uh, man, I'll put all that information in the footnotes and, and make sure that I do that when, when it releases. Um, and yes, please check out uh, his podcast. Cause uh, you know, it's, it's, it's a, you and your co-host, it's a great relationship that you guys have. And um, you guys talk about a lot of things that can add value to, to, to this audience as well. So with that being said, Daniel, I appreciate you coming on, um, sharing your story and sharing some value. Josh, thank you for having me, brother. It's a great time. Without a doubt. Our brand design and strategy is by Tessa at fivefootstudios.com. You can also follow her on Instagram at fivefootstudios. Our music is by Lakey Inspired. Go ahead and subscribe so that you never miss an episode and click the five stars to give us a rating. And most importantly, 